Hey kids, it's Thursday. You know what that means. That's right, it's time for another Just Another Fanboy Classic episode. This week, we have episode number 23, which was originally released on Wednesday, January the 31st, 2007. And in this episode, I debut a new character. But first, before we get into that, here's a little something you need to listen to. Almost 16 years ago, an average yet super awesome fanboy sat down in front of a crappy little microphone and recorded a really bad podcast episode. That fanboy, well, surprise, surprise, that was me. The podcast was just another fanboy, and the first episode posted on August 8, 2006, and I continued making episodes until I hung up the mic for good after publishing episode 131 on May 16th, 2009. Then, 10 years later, on August 29th, 2019, I came out of retirement and launched volume two of Just Another Fanboy, which means we got two anniversaries to celebrate, folks. On Monday, August the 8th, we're gonna celebrate Just Another Fanboy turning 16. Sure, I wasn't podcasting for 10 years right in the middle of those 16, but it still counts. After that, on Monday, August the 29th, we celebrate three years of Just Another Fanboy Volume 2. And here's the thing, folks. I want you to help me celebrate. I'd like to do an episode in August that is built around your emails, your texts, and your voicemails. 785-318-6673 is the phone number. Justanotherfanboy at gmail.com is the email address. And send me something. You have until the end of the day, Friday, August 12th, to email or call or text. That's the deadline. You can ask me questions. You can share your favorite moments from the show. You can tell me that you like eggs or, you know, whatever. Just send me something so that we can build an episode together. Your deadline, once again, is the end of the day Friday, August 12th, and both the phone number and the email are in the show notes. I'm counting on you folks. Don't make me cry. All right, enough of that. Time to journey backwards to the year 2007. You're listening to Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that wants to challenge all the other podcasts to a fight after school. Just Another Fanboy is a Lynx Broadcasting production. Lynx like the cat. Just like a comic book. 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 Welcome to episode number 23 of Just Another Fanboy. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, January 30th, 2007. And that's pretty much it. I'm your host, Stephen, and hey, we've added somebody new to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to you the new voice of Just Another Fanboy, Deliberate Jones. Say hello. Oh, hello. Hi. Oh, where am I? We're, oh, we're, it's right, okay, it's right here. Okay. Right, right there. Hi, everybody. I'm Deliberate Jones. Hi. And I'm... Hello. We're right here. Is, don't, is it on? Hello. Don't, don't tap. Don't what? tap on the mic. Okay. Don't sorry. Tap, don't tap on Hi. the mic. 
Hi, Delib- Deliberate Jones, everybody. Hi. Um, Deliberate Hi. Uh, is actually here auditioning. Hi, what? I should probably... Auditioning? I should probably say that right up... Right up for, yeah. Audition? I, I didn't yes, know I was... Auditioning, I, yes. I, I, I didn't know I was... I didn't know I was auditioning. I yeah, I explained I was, that to here you. To be I, part of the show, I'm just really no. excited to be here, and I want to thank everybody. Well, and, I'm glad. And Stephen uh, called me, okay. and he wanted me to come down and yeah, audition, and I'm sh- here to audition. I didn't know I was auditioning. I thought I was be, here to do my be, stuff, and be I'm quiet. here. And what? Please, okay. uh, zip it. Okay, I'm sorry. It's, okay, so it's okay. It's okay. He's he's a little excited. Uh, Deliberate and I actually grew up together, so... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm I'm... I'm happy that he's here. Well, thank so, uh, you. Thanks, I, thanks for coming down. Hey, well, hey, you know, you 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 called, and that's what friends are for. And I, I'm here to, yeah, I'm ready to go. You know, I got my script in front of. I understand you want to say some stuff about some iTunes reviews and stuff. So, yeah. I, yeah. I've got my show notes here. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to. <laughs> okay, uh, come on. What? Okay, okay. <laughs> it's, okay. Oh, it's, it's your show, man. It it's is show, my, you know? it's, it's your show, man. It's, okay, <laughs> it's my show. Okay, it's all right. It's all right. He's a little excited. Um, basically, the reason D is here is because um, I wanted to, to add an extra voice whenever you know emails are read or a quote is read by someone within the comic, but comic book industry. Uh, D himself will be providing that voice. And yes, I do want to say a couple things about iTunes. Um, you know, I haven't been able to be on the net lately. I don't have iTunes at home. But I've actually been able to jump on iTunes recently and download some podcasts, and and uh, I've listened to a, an episode or two from Around Comics and uh, the Bullpen Bulletins, and um, I'm just I'm I'm glad to be back listening to them. But uh, uh, one thing I did notice when I was on iTunes is that I've actually the show's actually been reviewed three times. Um, Jay Cargith and Iron Fanboy both had some really nice things to say about the show, such as that's. D, that's yeah. What? That, what? That's oh. where. You, Sorry, I was. I was that's reading, where you come in. I was reading right? some. We can start over, maybe. All right. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Stephen, hit it. Uh, uh, I was just saying that Jay Cargath and Iron Fanboy, they both had a couple of really nice things to say about the show, such as. Don't let the title fool you. Just another fanboy is a pretty unique podcast from Jay and a unique podcast in the steaming mass of comic book podcasts. JAF is honestly entertaining, painfully chuckle worthy, and hopelessly addicting. He, that was that was pretty nice of him to say. <laughs> that, yeah, so this is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that last quote was from Iron Fanboy, and I want to express my appreciation. For the time that the two of you guys took to go on to iTunes and actually post those reviews, I really appreciate it, guys. Uh, but I, I even had a negative review, which said, This podcast gives a lot of effort to be funny, but is very annoying. Oh, that, that, was, that was very nice. No, not, not really. Who wrote that? That was um, that, um, a, a nanny mouse. Who's no. a, a mouse? A nanny mouse. Anonymous. Oh, anonymous. Okay. Anonymous, yeah. Okay. okay. Well, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna. Bath- I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Okay. I'll, yeah. I gotta. I'll come back later. Thanks. Thanks right. for the. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity, Stephen. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Appreciate it. Okay. It, thank. Thanks, D. Deliberate Jones. Okay. Um. Yeah. Anyway, that negative review kind of had me thinking all week because, uh, you know, you, you can't help but read something like that, even though pretty much every single email or post or voicemail I've gotten thus far has been very positive, very supportive. It just takes one to really eat at your craw, you know, just eat at your craw. So 
but you know, I I thought about it and I just kind of swept swept it off the table because frankly, if if the guy doesn't have enough sack to come a, come on to iTunes and basically say you suck and not put a name with that review, then eh, piss off. So, all right, let's just move on forward with uh, a little listener's feedback. <laughs> Hey, Steven, it's Justin from uh, the Ron Comics Forum, also known as Cal Wookie. Just going to let you know, I was catching up on some of the last episodes. I've been missing those because the weather down here has been a little horrible and I haven't been able to get online too much. Just going to let you know that uh, Norman, Oklahoma's rant on uh, people calling in and you know, having the different problems and that, that also applies to some of the... Uh, uh, some of the retail business I do, uh, my my big problem is uh, people who ask me how to use a product when it has directions on the back and they don't want to read it for themselves. Anyways, love the show. Um, still going to be listening to it. Hopefully uh, I won't miss so many episodes in a row anymore. But uh, good stuff. Keep it up. And uh, maybe I'll call you in again later. Talk to you later. Oh, by the way, I like eggs. Bye. Kawawuki. Thank you. Justin, for sending in that voicemail. I always enjoy getting the voicemails. And speaking of weather, good golly, it's been cold in Kansas. I think it was like uh, zero today with a wind chill of like negative 73. So breaks at work today have not been very delightful. But uh, thanks, Justin, for writing in. Justin, as he said, is from the Around Comics Forum. You know, I got to get back there to Around Comics because, yeah. I miss those guys. Shoo. All right, so that's all the the uh, feedback I got this week. So I guess let's move on to news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. This week's news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort is brought to you by the Just Another Fanboy Podcast, the podcast that prides itself on smelling like cheese. My name is Lawrence Bean, and I've been listening to Just Another Fanboy for nigh on six to three years now. And I, I think that, that Stephen Orwell, he, he's a fine young boy, and, and I, I just wish more people would download and, and listen to his podcast like I do every single week. Because that's where I go to get all my news and my information on the latest happenings and Superman and, and Batman and all those, all those comic books that I like to read. So, so listen to Just Another Fanboy and, and just plug your nose because it does smell like cheese. Thank you. The Just Another Fanboy Podcast. Listen to it because, well, it's just all right. DC Comics joins the excitement of Free Comic Book Day 2007 with two titles, Justice League of America No. 0 and The Legion of Superheroes and the 31st Century No. 1. The Legion of Superheroes and the 31st Century No. 1, DC's gold-level title for this year, is an all-new, all-ages Johnny DC series spinning out of the smash hit animated series on Kids WB on the CW. In this debut issue, the Legion travels back in time for reinforcement to stop the Fatal Five from destroying Metropolis, because this looks like a job for Clark Kent, 
Can six teenagers from the future help a mild-mannered teenager become the Man of Steel? Or will the Fatal Five determine his destiny before it's even begun? The Legion of Superheroes in the 31st Century Number 1 is a 32-page comic book written by Jay Torres, with art by China Clugston Flores, and a cover by Steve Huey. DC Silver level title is Justice League of America number zero. Best-selling author Brad Meltzer broke the JLA down in the top-selling, critically acclaimed identity crisis. And now he puts all the pieces back together again. The core heroes of the DC universe, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, are back. But where do they stand with each other? Join us for this historic and unforgettable new beginning of the Justice League of America as we look at the past, present, and future of the world's greatest superheroes. Justice League of America number zero is written by Brad Meltzer, with art by Eric Wright, Dick Giordano, Tony Harris, George Perez, J.H. Williams III, Luke McDonald, Paul Neary, Gene Ha, Rags Morales, Ethan Van Skyver, Kevin McGuire, Adam Kubert, Dan Jurgens and Kevin Nolan, Jim Lee, Howard Porter and Dexter Vines, Andy Kubert and Jesse Delperdang, Phil Jimenez and Andy Lanning, and Ed Benes and Sandra Hope and a cover by Michael Turner. Both of these titles are solicited in the February previews. Following the model it established with Red Sonja number 0, Dynamite Entertainment will release Painkiller Jane number 0 this spring, laying the groundwork for a new ongoing series. The new issue, featuring a story by Joe Quesada and Jimmy Palmiotti, with art by Lee Motor, will carry a 25-cent cover price and will hit stores in early April, in time for both the debut of the new Painkiller Jane ongoing series on Sci-Fi, as well as Free Comic Book Day, May 5th. Painkiller Jane number 0 will lead into the new series and introduce a new character. Issue number 1 of the new series is due in stores in May. With the first several issues of Fell sold out and Warren Ellis's crime drama continuing to attract buzz following multiple printings of each issue, Image Comics has announced that a trade paperback collecting Fell number 1 through 8 will hit bookshelves in April. Written by Warren Ellis with art by Ben Templesmith, Fell has received widespread critical acclaim since its launch, attracting some of the most glowing reviews of 2006. A sales juggernaut, Fell continues to sell out issue after issue, printing after printing. Despite rising initial orders and an ongoing commitment to keep each issue in stock via new printings. Now Image is taking the phenomenon to the graphic novel shelf by collecting the first eight issues of the Eisner-dominated series into a single volume, Fell Volume 1, Feral City Trade Paperback. Fell chronicles the life of Detective Richard Fell, a big city detective transferred over the bridge to Snowtown, a feral district whose police investigations department numbers three and a half people. One detective has no legs. Dumped in this collapsing urban thrash thrash zone, Fell is starting all over again, and his ongoing story delivers visceral morality tales from the periphery of city life. In a place where nothing seems to make any sense, Detective Fell clings to the one thing he knows to be true. Everybody's hiding something. Inspired by seemingly disparate influences such as stage plays and Will Eisner's new strip, The Spirit, Ellis and Templesmith's carefully crafted masterpiece is a dark and dense story unlike anything else on the rack. Creator and writer of such successful graphic novel series as Transmetropolitan, Planetary, The Authority, and Desolation Jones, 
Ellis is in his element on Fell, and Templesmith, best known for his work on modern horror classic 30 Days of Night, has proven himself an inspired co-conspirator for what many are describing as one of Ellis's finest series to date. Fell, Volume 1, Feral City, a 152-page trade paperback with a cover price of $14.99, is available in the March issue of Diamond Previews, with an in-store date of April 14th. In a licensing agreement with Warner Brothers Pictures, McFarland Toys announces plans to make a line of action figures based on the classic 1966 animated movie, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Written by legendary children's author Dr. Seuss, Grinch has been delighting people of all ages for more than 40 years. It's the story of an, of an anti-Santa with a heart two sizes too small who tries and fails to stop Christmas in Whoville. McFarland Toys' first series of how the Grinch stole Christmas figures will be available in three and six inch scale of the following fan favorite scenes. Two sizes too small, the Grinch standing with hands on hips wearing an evil grin. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. The Grinch stealing stockings from the mantle of a Whoville fireplace. All I need is a reindeer. The Grinch tying antlers on his dog Max's head. Cindy Lou Who, everyone's favorite Who. And Mount Crumpet box set, The Grinch and Max with Sleigh. These figures will include play-action features and are scheduled to reach stores in October. And on DVD this week, nothing. Nothing at all. Well, at least nothing that I want to put in my Netflix queue, so I'm saying nothing. So that was this week's news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. And now my comic book, Picks of the Week. First up this week from DC Wildstorm Comics is Wetworks number four. This is part one of I'll Break You First, written by Mike Carey, with art by Wills Portasio, and inks by Richard Friend, Peter Guzman, and Sandra Hope. Wendy Broom is on colors, Phil Ballsman is the letterer, Christy Quinn is the associate editor, and Scott Dunbeer is the editor. Dane and Mother One have traveled to a parallel Earth with Ash, only not the cool Ash from Army of Darkness. This is a world much like our own, except that the vampires have pretty much taken over, and the werewolves and humans have banded together to bring them down. Dane and Mother One are there to learn about Vascar, the vicious vampire who's been visiting their Earth, killing and all that other evil type stuff that vampires do. You know what, I'm just going to kind of end it there, because frankly, I didn't care for the book all that much. This is a title I'm definitely dropping out of my box. You know, when they relaunched the whole Wildstorm universe, I was I was pretty excited, because Wetworks is one of those books I got way, way back in the day, and I was excited about this book. But, you know, frankly, after four issues, I just don't really care. So, Wetworks number four, I can't recommend it. Next, from Marvel Comics, we have Onslaught Reborn number two. This issue is entitled Born to Die, and it's written by Jeff Loeb with art by Rob Liefeld. 
Matt Yaki is the colorist. Comic Craft is on letterers. Brad Johansson is credited for production, and John Barber is the editor. In issue number two, Franklin Richards has fled from Onslaught by running away to the Heroes Reborn world and seeks the assistance of the Avengers. There's not really a lot happening in this issue, just uh, uh, some fight scenes galore and a bunch of people jumping around in great Rob Liefeld style. Uh, Just a lot of talking, some action. And frankly, I was kind of surprised that I, I, I do, I am sort of enjoying the Onslaught uh, Reborn launch here, even though it is by Rob Liefeld. But it is written by Jeff Loeb, and, and Liefeld's art isn't all that bad. It's, it's Liefeld, and I was a Liefeld fan back in the day, so I'm enjoying it. I recommend it. If you like a bunch of people leaping around and striking teeth-gritting poses and giant pecs and great big guns and useless pouches all over the place and you like big fun, then you're probably going to like Onslaught Reborn. So I would recommend it, but there's a lot of Liefeld haters out there. There's a lot of people that aren't picking up this book simply because Liefeld's on it. I think that's a shame because I think it is, it is a pretty decent series so far and I'm looking forward to the end of it. Onslaught Reborn number two. Check it out. Lastly this week from Marvel Comics is Daredevil number 92. This is part four of The Devil Takes a Ride, and it's written by Ed Brubaker, with Michael Lark and Stefano Guidiano handling the art chores. Matt Hollingsworth is the colorist. VC's Corey Petit is the letterer. Alejandro Arbano is the assistant editor, and Warren Simmons is the editor. Daredevil discovers that Vanessa Fisk, the Kingpin's wife, is behind it all. She's dying and has turned all psycho and has been playing Daredevil like a finely tuned fiddle. She did all of it to get Matt Murdock, Daredevil's alter ego, to get the Kingpin out of prison. Matt basically tells her where to stick it and exits stage right. Back at his hotel, he learns that Leland Drummond, the director of the FBI, has apparently committed suicide though we all know he's been murdered. But he left behind a so-called suicide note, stating that he set Matt Murdock up and that Murdock is not really Daredevil and has been innocent the whole time. This book kicks rump. I love the new Daredevil with Ed Brubaker. I really enjoyed um, Brian Michael Bendis' run on Daredevil, and I just never thought... The Daredevil could get any better until Brubaker and Lark got on the title. If you are not reading Daredevil, you are a fool. A fool, I tell you. Read it. Go back. Get the trades. Cut out all the pictures. Bathe in them. Because they're awesome. Daredevil number 92. That's some good comics. And those were my comic book picks of the week. Hey there, dear listeners. Do you got your own picks? I know you do. If you're listening to the podcast, there's a a fairly good chance that you also read comics. And I would like all of you to be part of this show. So if if you got some things to say about some books you've read recently, you can email me at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com. But if you would prefer not to hear your email read on the podcast by Deliberate Jones, then 
Hey, why don't you call up the voicemail at one 309 8367 extension 212, and leave a audio review, because... Because dang it, I'm going to play it. So send them in, or, you know, I'm just going to have to tell all the other kids that you're a wuss. Is that what you want? I didn't think so. So let's move on to At the Movies with Gary Indiana. y'all gary indiana coming at you once again with another dvd review this week i want to look at a horror movie straight out of 1976 it's rated r so it's not for the kiddies and this one's entitled grizzly now i got this movie on dvd from that unnamed online rental agency that will still remain unnamed until they start fixing me up with some free dvds and then i'll start giving their name out, but until then, I'm just not gonna, so don't even ask. Now, let me read to you about the movie here from the front of their little envelope. It says, An innocent trip to the state park turns into terror for all when a giant 18-foot grizzly bear emerges from the woods. Filmed in Georgia, this film will make you shudder as the power and rampage of this giant bear is released. Not since Jaws has there been anything on screen that will frighten and shock you like Grizzly. Now, they should also add that it'll also make you laugh because, well, it's just darn cheesy. I mean, first of all, the bear just goes around killing folks. You know, that's that's pretty much the premise of the movie. A big old giant grizzly bear is running around the woods killing folks and the park rangers got to stop it. And that, well, that's, that's pretty much it. It's it's pretty darn funny because at first it seems that the grizzly bear has something against the women folk as as the first four victims that fall prey to this giant 18-foot grizzly are, are well they're women. And of course like any 1970s good old horror flick, they're well they're half-naked women. And for example, one of the park rangers is a is a very attractive-looking female. After a few of these people have been killed, her and her boyfriend, who is also a park ranger, are out in the woods trying to find this grizzly. And of course, like any good star of a horror movie, they decide to split up. The feller is going to go off into the woods to look for this bear, while the woman decides she's going to soak her feet in the river. But of course, you can't soak your feet in the river without stripping down to your underwear. And of course, when this happens... The grizzly bear attacks, and blood flies out everywhere and rushes into the river and turns it red. If you're a fan of cheesy horror movies, I would recommend Grizzly, because it was a laugh a minute. So, Grizzly, 1976. Check it out. Thank you. And now for 30 seconds of nonsense. When I was a young boy, I rode the back of a giant turtle to the moon to try and get some of this green cheese everybody's talking about. One thing I learned about being on the moon, though, is, well, there's a a lot of goblins running around, and and these goblins like to wear polo vests and play canasta until the wee hours of the night. Well, one of these nights I was playing canasta with these goblins, and, well, one of them grabbed my shirt and told me I was was a wussy boy, and I, I really didn't appreciate that much, so I took that goblin and I punched it in the nose. 
And then there was- 30 Seconds of Nonsense is brought to you by the Just Another Fanboy Podcast, where our trash is, well, it's just trash. And now for everyone's favorite segment, The View from Norman, Oklahoma, in which our resonant, bitter old fanboy pisses and moans about the state of the comic book industry, or just about anything that generally pisses him off. Ladies and gentlemen, Norman, Oklahoma. with you once again with The View from Norman, Oklahoma. And this week, I have a few things to gripe about, one of which actually has to do with comics. First off, I'd like to get my bitch on regarding the slabbing of comics. Now get this. There is a company out there that's telling people, if you send us your comic, we will stick that comic between two sheets of plastic, seal it shut so you can never read it, and then we'll tell you how much that comic is worth. And we'll charge you for this service. These people actually have the gall to try to tell you what your comic is worth. It seems to me that comics are only worth what someone is willing to pay for them. But these people are saying, no, sir. We know how much the dang thing is worth, and we're going to tell you for a small fee. And what's more infuriating is that the price that these evil little gremlins put on your comics is actually more than what they say your comic is actually worth if you didn't pay for their service. For example... You may have an issue of Amazing Spider-Man that, on its own, in near-mint condition, is worth about 200 bucks according to the latest price guides. However, if you charge these demonic slabbers to rate this particular issue and seal it away forever from folks who might actually want to read it, they will probably tell you it's worth about 2,000 bucks. Now that just don't make a lick of sense to me. The only thing that makes this issue worth more, in their opinion, is that they say it is. And people are actually out there paying for this service and keeping this company in business. The only way we as a comics reading community are going to keep these hateful sons of biscuits in their places is just to up and stop paying them. Fight the power, folks. That's all I'm saying. Next on the agenda is this new policy over at DC Comics that states that if they have a character that is well-loved by folks like us who read their comics, well, they're going to up and kill them off. Blue Beetle? Dead. Firestorm? Sleeping with the fishes. The question? Well, looks like he's a goner too. What's going on here? Did you know that the DC high muckety-muck Dan Didio actually wanted to kill off Nightwing during Infinite Crisis? Now I know that there are folks out there, Stephen being one of them, that just don't give a rat's behind that these characters are being killed off right and left. But there are others who are willing to give up comics altogether and protest over these senseless slayings. So listen up, DC. Just knock it off already. Quit killing off established characters. It's not fun, and it's pissing people off. But people, keep in mind, vote with your wallets. That's the only way to stop them. Now last on my list is just a small gripe regarding this truck commercial I keep seeing on TV. Now I don't remember what truck it's for. I can't remember if it's Ford or GMC or Toyota, but it don't matter. But in this commercial, you got these two guys sitting inside this truck, and they're eating. And the front of the truck, well, the entire truck is covered in mud, because they've been out mudding. And these two boys are sitting in their truck, and they're eating. 
and one of them is sitting there with his soda, and he goes to stick it on the dash, and, and the driver gives him this look, and then he picks up that cup, and he, he, he puts a coaster underneath it, because the whole point of the, the, the commercial is to show that as nice as the truck is on the outside, well, the interiors are pretty nice, too. Well, then the commercial ends to show these two folks sitting in their driveway, and the passenger guy is, is washing off the truck. Well, here's my question. Why were they sitting in their driveway, sitting in that truck, eating? Think about that for a second. They were in their driveway, in their truck, eating. They get back from mudding. They stop at a, at a, at a drive-thru and they pick up some burgers, and Cokes, and french fries. And then, instead of going inside, they sit in their truck and eat. Does that make any sense to anybody else? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It's it, it's kind of like that that Wendy's commercial that's out there with with the two fellers sitting in the library and and the one guy's he's eating on that little itty bitty itty bitty sandwich and those little teeny tiny French fries and his his little bitty bitty small coke and he's sipping at it and he looks at the other guy and he he motions to his food and he goes two ninety nine. And then the other guy looks at his food, and he's got a big old sandwich and great big old fries and great big old Coke. It's from Wendy's, and he, he motions at his food, and he goes, two ninety nine. Now, first of all, the commercial just annoys me because they're whispering. That just pisses me off. But they're whispering because they're in a library. Now, let's think about this for a second. Who goes to a library with a Coke and a, and a French fries and a big old burger and eats? What kind of library let you come in there and eat? I just, uh, just don't make any sense to me. It just, it burns me deep inside because it just don't make a lick of sense. It just makes me want to go out and, and, and strangle an otter or something. You what? know, I want to take an otter, an put otter? it in a headlock, and, 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 and give it a nice joke. And what, what, what? Okay, oh, move come, along. Come on, just, move along. You're all done. Move along. Norman, Oklahoma, ladies and gentlemen, strangling otters and coming to a theater near you. So, okay. Before we move on to bloopers, I just want to remind everybody that episode number 25 is just around the corner. And I want to do something a little special. I just, I just don't know what that is, so I could really use your input. Um, you know, give me some ideas. Should I do like a best of, you know, should I throw some best of clips in there? If so, what would you like to hear? Is there anything from previous episodes you feel I should stick in? Um, you know, just give me your thoughts. Uh, email me at just another fanboy at gmail.com. You can send in a voicemail at one eight seven seven three zero nine eight three six seven extension two one two. You know, tell me what you think I should do because I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. You know, even if you want to, here, here's what I'd like, okay? If, if you can't come up with any ideas of what to do for episode 25, call in the voice line, 1-877-309-8367, extension 212, and just wish us a happy 25th. You know, just, just call in and say, hey, happy 25th. Way to go, Steve. Yippadoo! You know, you could even, episode 25, what are you, crazy? You're still doing this? You suck. You suck. You know, whatever. I'm going to play. I want to get a lot so I can maybe stick them in throughout the episode. That would be nice. If you're a, if you're a fellow podcaster, you know, if, if, if you're a fellow podcaster, you like the show, send me in. Send me a voicemail. Send me an, send me an audio clip on the audio tip. Just another fanboy at gmail.com. That's what I'm saying, yo. All right, let's do some bloopers. 
Justice League number Justice League number I love it. Jim Lee, Howard Porter, Powered Porter. Man, Howard Porter. Who is that guy? Dynamite Entertainment will release plane plane plane. Man, the news is sucking. They did this little thing that you know I thought I'd I don't know what I thought I'd do. You got an episode. And so our episode ends. The theme song for the show is Comic Book by the Super Spies. Find it and information about the band at garageband.com. The rest of the music from this week's episode comes from the Pod Show Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. So until next week, I'm Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. <laughs> Good job.